gear up as Cass Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And today, we're going to be talking about how to take your content from boring to exciting. I've got with me Tom Ruich. He's with Story Power Marketing. Tom, it's great to have you on. Like, Tell us a little bit about yourself, your agency, because you're not the typical. You've got, you know, you've got a whole different, you know, way of approaching what businesses should be doing, especially when it comes to content. Sure. Thanks, Cash. Very, very happy to be here. Um, again, my my company is Story Power Marketing, and experts, coaches, consultants, authors, anyone who's packaging their expertise for sale to serve clients, they hire us to transform their content from prospect repelling to client attracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we do that by helping put personality and storytelling and, and more captivating elements into the content. I've worked for about a quarter century with business people who are really prone in their emails and their social posts and their blog posts and their other content. They're really prone to just dish out the same old boring blah, blah, blah information. Here's what you need to know. Mm -hmm. And then when prospects tune out and move on, they feel frustrated and stuck. So what we're teaching them and working with them on is how to go beyond the information-only content and combine the information that's so valuable with entertainment and stories to make it more captivating. Yeah, I think that's, it's like what you said with business owners that happens all the time where, yeah. you know, they're like subject matter experts. You know, we can do it in our field, you know, I like I know digital marketing in and out and I've got to remember that all the details I have, they don't necessarily need, they don't care. They're going to get bored. And when you're in business, you know, if you want to attract, you know, new clients, customers and such, you've got to make your own content interesting. It, you know, yes, you're trying to educate. Okay. But if you're doing it, like I, I always think of the example of like, uh, engineers, you know, they tend to be in the most boring field or coding or anything. Cause they get, for them, it's right. fascinating. We get that. It's like, you love it. Okay. That's why you do it. But for the rest of us, oh my God. Yeah. Like it's so, it's very tedious. It's, you know, so it can be, you know, hard for us to read, follow, stay interested. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll give you a great example of it. I work with an executive coach who helps business owners get off the hamster wheel. And one of the ways that she does this is she teaches them to delegate more effectively. And before she hired me, she had written a blog post, an email that was all about delegation. Delegation Mm -hmm. is one of the most important skills that a business owner can master. Here are five to delegate more effectively. <laughs> Tip number one, blah, you know, and that's that's the typical information only blah 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 post. And no one reads it. No one gets to the bottom where the call to action is to schedule a free consultation, mm-hmm. whatever the call to action may be. And and then the coach is frustrated and stuck. We sat down with her 
And we began to focus on first a, a core principle, the story power core principle number one is keep the focus on your prospects' emotional yeah. journeys. Keep mm-hmm. the focus on your prospects' emotional journeys. So we began to talk about, well, why is it that you're you're teaching delegation? Why is it so important to your prospects? What are they feeling before you teach them delegation? And what are they feeling after you teach them delegation? And we we came up with effectively the promise of her business or the promise of why this lesson delegation is so important. And it really is all about uh, taking the weight of the world off your shoulders, not feeling as if everybody is relying on you, not being stressed Mm -hmm. out, being able to let go and get away. And so once we had established that, that promise I said to her, well, do you have an anecdote that, that demonstrates this? She said, I do. I, I have a great story about one of my clients who owned a business and for 20 years never went on vacation longer than a long weekend because yeah. he was afraid that if he yeah. left, all hell would break loose, that he'd get phone calls while he was away and it would ruin his vacation and he'd have to mop up messes when he came back. Well, <laughs> we worked with him on how to delegate properly. He was able to go away for two weeks. He had the time of his life. His company was better when he returned. Yeah. And it changed everything for him. So mm-hmm. now, all right, we have the building blocks. We have a promise, the transformation that I described of, of his own feelings. We have the lesson, delegate. And we have an anecdote that turns it into a story to which people can relate. And the subject line for this story for the for this email was how a let how a stressed out owner let go and got away. That subject line alone is yeah. way more entertaining and interesting than here are five tips to delegate more effectively. And then she told the story, and then she said the reason he was able to let go and get away is because he learned to delegate. Here are five tips to delegate more effectively. Mm-hmm. Now people are saying, yeah, I want to hear those tips because she put the focus on them and their emotional journey. They get to the bottom. They see the call to action. They pick up the phone or fill out Mm -hmm. the form. And she's building business because she transformed her content from boring, blah, 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 information only to a powerful, captivating story that her prospects could relate to. Yeah, that's a really good example honestly like it's because you know because then it leads with the story you still gave away the five tips you know but you led with the story first because in this internet world especially when it comes to anything online content we have this bad tendency to scan i know i do it all the time you know Mm -hmm. if i'm looking at a piece of content i'm just looking for the relevant information and you so you know which case you could have something that's 500 words a thousand words or whatever and i'm going to read probably about you know less than a hundred of them, you know, but if you lead with that kind of a story, you grab me because you're still going to start at the beginning of it and say, okay, you know, now, you know, I say if I, cause if I read any kind of an actual book, that's a story, fiction, nonfiction, whatever. But if I'm reading something like that, I'll actually read it. And so taking Mm -hmm. that same kind of approach saying, okay, you know, cause every business owner has stories no matter what, you know, especially people like coaches, they're going to have situations they've dealt with and things. So it makes a lot more sense to be able to, you know, if you craft your content like that. Now, yeah. I would ask you, though, because she had the that particular 
anecdote. How do you, you know, even using her as an example, you have to keep doing that. It's not just about one yeah. piece of content. So how do you keep yeah. doing that over and over again and coming up with interesting ideas that, you know, grab you? Because if you do any kind of regular blogging or anything, you know, even if it was, you know, once a month or, or you know, twice or whatever, you still got to keep coming up with interesting things. How do you approach that yeah. part? Yeah. I love that question, Cash. And, and uh, I'll, there's a second part of my story with the business coach. Okay. After we that after we wrote that email, that post, I said to her, how about you? Do you have a personal experience where mm -hmm. you had a boss who was either great at delegating or terrible at delegating? And how did it make you feel? She said, yeah, I do have a story. And she shared that story with us. And I said, great. Next time you want to write about delegation, there's your email. There's your post. Yeah. Then later different business coach who also taught delegation, we went to ChatGPT. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of asking ChatGPT to be your ghostwriter, but here's right. what we did. We, we created a prompt that used those elements that I talked about earlier. What's the promise? Well, the promise is that I help business coaches go from stressed out to relieved, from stuck to getting away. What's the lesson? I teach them how to delegate so that they can spread the workload across the um, uh, across the uh, the the company. Mm -hmm. Hey, ChatGPT, please share with me anecdotes from literature, television, movies, real life that demonstrate the value and importance of delegation to achieve this promise or the consequences of not delegating properly. And ChatGPT goes, and one of the things it comes up with is, in the movie, the devil wears Prada. And then one of the other examples was in um, in the 1950s, President Dwight Eisenhower was known for effectively delegating responsibility to his cabinet, blah, blah, blah. So whatever her audience might be um, and whatever her interest might be, in this case, the business coach looked at that and said, oh, I love that movie, The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. And I said, could you write an email about that? From with your own tone, you're not asking ChatGPT to write it. ChatGPT just sparked the idea, and she said, "Yeah." I said, "Great." Now you have another opportunity. Here's the thing, Cash, and why your your question was so important. We all, as experts and and people who have value to bring to our clients, there are only so many lessons or products or services mm -hmm. that we sell. There are only so many promises that we can make. And it's a, it's a finite list. And the point of your question is, well, how do you keep churning out yeah. interesting, captivating content when that you only have that list? And I just demonstrated that one lesson, just one lesson, delegation, you can find an endless flow of anecdotes to wrap around that promise and that lesson. I've used these words. I haven't shared with you the core acronym that's really central to our technique at Story Power Marketing. It's you have a promise, you have a lesson, you combine that with an anecdote, 
And then there's always a next step. Call me, schedule a consultation, yeah. buy my thing, whatever it might be. P L A N. That's the framework. Plan. If you have a plan, <laughs> yeah. if you have a plan, you will always be able to generate content without getting stuck, without having writer's block, without wondering, well, how am I going to make this point yet again? On the flip side, if you write the blah, 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 boring post, delegation is right. really important. Here are five tips to delegate. What are you going to write next time? Yeah. That's when you stuck that's when you run out of ideas yeah so you can actually you come got with... me going on that one cash it, it's an important <laughs> it, it's an important question because so many people suffer from writer's block and feel stuck and and people will tell them that hey the more content you put out there if it's good content the more you'll draw people in the more you'll sell and mm -hmm. they're thinking well how the heck am i going to do that and and they feel frustrated and stuck well that you know but that's the approach you take and you start telling stories even if you need chat gpt to help you craft a story you're putting the lessons into the story regardless i love that example of what you gave you know like say you know eisenhower and how he delegated you know because you can come up with really creative stories they don't have to be necessarily real life examples they yeah. just need to be able to put it into context what you're trying to teach and giving yeah. an example of it. And I think that's, you know, where the the lesson is that you can create yeah. a lot of really compelling content if you are willing to do that. You as long as you know what you're trying to get across, you the can make it more interesting. Lesson. Yeah, right. the promise and the lesson. You know, you can do that. And like I say, if you need an assist on the story writing side, fine. You can get the assist. Yeah. Yeah, you you mentioned, you know, um, it, it doesn't always have to come from your own life, but right. it, it can. This is a common objection that I hear from people when I start talking to them about storytelling. Oh, Tom, I don't have interesting stories to tell. I'm, you know, I'm boring. First of all, that's that's usually not true. I know, yeah. <laughs> we can we can help dig that stuff out. But I say that's fine. Because it doesn't have to be a story about you. Go tell that story about your client. Go tell that story mm -hmm. about the Devil Wears Prada or Eisenhower. And it will be entertaining. And then you also can, what will happen as you do this and as you're clear on the promise and the lesson, things in your own life will begin to reveal themselves. So with that executive coach, if I had said, let's tell a story about you to make delegation, uh, to make a point about delegation, she might not have been able to do that until we'd gone through the process of telling a story about her client. One of the great mistakes that so many people make with storytelling is they want to lead with their legendary origin story coaches will <laughs> say you know oh you have to, <laughs> to to come up with your origin story and um a good origin story is a valuable par part of personal and, and company branding but what will happen is so many people will start telling stories about the ditch they clawed their way out of or the garage where they invented the widget and it's boring because they've forgotten that first principle we talked about to keep the focus on prospects' emotional journeys. Uh -huh. If you tell a story about yourself, it better 
reflect back on your prospects experiences yeah. or else yeah. nobody's going to care. So now let me ask, how do you take, you know, if you're focused on telling stories, how do you keep yeah. to the brand voice in doing this? Like, cause you know, assuming that they even have one, cause a lot of people, they don't really craft that up front. You know, they don't really think about what their brand voice is, the way that they're kind of putting out everything, you know, whether it's content or any kind of advertising they use, you know, they don't really have a cohesive plan for that. Yeah. So how do you kind of, you know, as, whether they do or not, you know, assuming that they do, how would you integrate that into the content, you know, so that it's yeah. consistent? And then if they don't, what do you, you know, have a brand voice, you know, then how do you kind of approach it from that angle too? Yeah, so it, it, it's a important and it's a complicated question. Developing brand voice is a is a really critical thing. I'm going to offer a few points here. Number one is I said earlier that I don't recommend looking to chat GPT or other AI tools to right. be your ghost writer. Because mm -hmm. unless you have developed your own brand voice and then do some very complex things to train AI to write in your voice, mm -hmm. what's going to happen is you're going to be putting out content that doesn't have a consistent voice. And then when you sit across the table or across a Zoom room from somebody, you're going to be showing up as somebody other than the voice that they've been hearing <laughs> in your content. Yeah. Bad, bad move. Um, the, the best advice that I can give on the, on the voice question is just be yourself and let down that professional serious veil. Okay. What I see happen, especially with professional service providers, lawyers, accountants, financial advisors, experts, corporate C-suite executives, they they want to present with this very, I'm a very smart professional person yeah. veil on. And yet, if you go to the bar or sit down in the lounge at the office with them and have a conversation or work with them, hire them, you get to know them. You know, you and I, before this podcast started, we were chatting about where we live and what we do and the mountains and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And we're just being ourselves. That's what you want to do in your content. Be yourself, show up with personality. Don't put a, a veil on to pretend you're something that you're not right mm -hmm. as if you're having a one-to-one -one conversation with a, a friend and consistently do it that way and if you do that then you will develop a consistent voice that is authentic that is attractive that draws people in you know the best best advice I can give about content is you want people to experience what it's like to be in the room with you, what it's like to work with you. And that requires you to just be who you are, be yeah. authentic. Yeah. I often like whenever I write content, you know, depending on the piece, I always prefer to write like first person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that way I can write it as, you know, as I would say it and not be this like other, you know, so-and-so said this, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Because then I can, 
you know, it's easier, I think, to speak to your own expertise to just come across as being more natural. You're trying to be instructive. You can, yeah. if you are going to use some sort of a, you know, a chat GPT or something as an assist, you can, you know, train it to be able to do it in such yep. a way that it will come across the same way. Cause eventually it can develop, you know, to say, you know, to write things with the way you would write them naturally. Um, that's and right. Then, you know, cause from there, it's a matter of how you tell the stories. Cause you still have to come up with different stories, whether they're your own or something else, but it is about how you tell them that really makes a big difference. Cause it's also, you know, um, I, I give a, a really good example. Um, you ever read the, uh, book shoe dog? I've not the, Hmm. Yeah, it's um, Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog. Oh, yeah, I know that. I know Phil Knight, and I know the book. I've not read it. Um, it is a really good book, and Phil Knight. So you know, a lot of books can have ghost writers and stuff. You know, they can have people helping. You know, assisting essentially. Um, Phil Knight wrote that book himself, but when he mm -hmm. did it, he first went back. He actually, at like eighty years old, he went to um, back to the school and took a creative writing course. So that uh, he could learn how to write and be able to tell his story in a compelling way. And it consequently, it's like, you know, it became a bestseller because it's like, you know, and not, you know, just an Amazon bestseller, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it's a really good book because it comes off as so authentic. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's him telling the story. And that's what you can do right. in any of your content. But you have to take the time to, you know get good at it, practice it, you know, and every piece you do, you'll get a bit better. You know, you'll start to develop your voice over time and, you know, everything becomes a little more compelling if you're trying to actively do that and you're not doing it in that stilted, you know, I say, like you mentioned, you know, this is why you delegate way. Yeah. You know, if you don't, you know, but you got to kind of do it right out the gate, you know, so that you build the voice at the same time, you know, you're also creating compelling content. Yeah, there's a lot of really powerful stuff that you you said there, Cash. And uh, the first thing is writing in the first person. So I write almost all of my emails in the first person. That doesn't mean they're just about me. They're yeah. always reflecting back on the prospects. But mm -hmm. I put myself into the stories in the first person. I also include as characters in my emails, in my posts, um, family members, my wife, my dog, Moose, my daughter, Maddie, my son, Jake, they show up in my stories as well. Again, the stories are always related back to something my prospects are thinking about or worrying about or feeling. But putting myself out there mm -hmm. is really important. The second thing you said that I wanted to highlight was just get out there and write and, and practice. So uh, journal, uh, noodle, doodle, jot. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and, and the, the thing about it is if you allow yourself to create just for creation's sake, not sitting down and thinking, all right, right this moment, I'm going to write down an email. What you'll find is those little creations that come out in a journal or a little note-taking session or just writing down what's on your mind or something interesting or funny that you observed uh, today. Those things will later blossom into really great content. It might blossom right there in the moment, 
into really great content, but don't get stuck on, all right, now this moment I'm sitting down to write a blog post or an email. Let yourself just create and practice. And the more that you do it, the better you will get. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that's the thing you, you do need to practice, but I know that having written a lot of content over the years, and it also depends on the piece, but if you're really trying to put yourself into the piece, I've done a little bit of writing for like, I'm a member of the Forbes agency council. So I've done a little bit of writing to put some pieces in there. And I always end up that those are a lot more intense pieces, you know, Mm -hmm. than what I might do on a blog post because, you know, but if you're really going to do it on a consistent basis, you know, with whatever platform you're using, whether it's your own website or other, you know, could be social media platforms, it could be writing for, you know, um, different publications, whatever it is that you're doing, you want to put yourself into it as much as possible because that's what's going to mm-hmm. be compelling in your, and especially if you do anything like email marketing. Yeah, if you do email marketing and you're putting that content out there, that's one of the best things you can be doing where your own client base or, you know, uh, prospects are going to be seeing that and they're going to, you know, get to know you over time if you're doing it that way. Because if you're doing just blog posts and you're not using something like email, you're going to get different visitors and they're not necessarily going to pick up on the theme unless you can get them to stay you know, or subscribe. So you want to keep that in mind is also how are you using it and putting it out there because you are developing a voice for yourself and your business. Yeah. And you'll build, you know, consistency really matters. Consistency absolutely matters. And, And whether you're sending emails on a weekly basis or more frequently, stick to it, keep the promise that you made to your list, as you said, let them get to know you. The more you let them get to know you, the more they're going to like and trust you. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, some people aren't going to like you and what you write, and they're going to opt out, and that's okay. Because yeah. what you want to do is cultivate a uh, what Brian Kurtz, great, uh, great marketing legend, Brian Kurtz calls your online family, your email list. Think Hmm. of it as your online family and you're building a relationship with those family members. They will know, like, and trust you more, the more you send. And if you look at it that way, the more you send, the more you'll sell. Yeah. And if they come off as like stilted generic stuff, yeah, well, Mm -hmm. that's going to come off as as well. And in which case they'll end up unsubscribing eventually because they're, you know, you're not giving them any reason to really, you know, follow and read and you know learn more about what you do what you end up you know that you offer because like i say if you can't grab them with the story you know there's not going to be any interest they're just not going to go beyond it that's right yeah what one of the most common questions that i hear from my clients from prospects from from everyone is how often should i send emails is you know monthly weekly daily mm-hmm. whatever the case may be and i send emails Monday through Friday morning, weekdaily emails. And I hear the objection, oh, no, no, you, you, you can't send that many emails. People will tune out. That's too many. And my answer to that is, to your point, Cash, if you send boring blah, blah, blah emails, you can't send too few. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. if you send quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily. If mm-hmm. they're boring, people will tune out and won't want them. <clears throat> One is too many. But if you send 
captivating, interesting, entertaining, fun emails. Mm -hmm. People will read them. And in my case, when I went from, it's been a long time. I mean, years and years since I was sending only monthly emails. That, that goes way back. Yeah. But I went from weekly to three times a week to five times a week. And every time I increased the frequency of my sending, open rates went up. Hmm. Direct response rates, people replying, oh, I love the email, Tom, and commenting and giving me feedback. That went up. Opt-outs went down, complaints went down, and huh. the bottom line, sales went up because I'm sending entertaining, informative emails that people look forward to. They don't necessarily read every email right away yeah. in the morning when they, they get up. Some people tell me that they wait until Saturday and read a week's worth in one sitting. Takes Jeez. 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> others, others do read them all every day. But... Um, no one, well, I, I shouldn't say no one. I have had this many people count them on one hand who have said, you're sending, I like your emails, but you're sending too many. So I'm opting out. I yeah. think that's happened twice. Hmm. Um, otherwise people say, keep them coming. I look forward to getting up in the morning and reading your emails. I look forward to spending time with you. <laughs> well, if you're, <laughs> if you're trying to build relationships, that's... And ultimately, sell services. There's nothing better than building building that kind of rapport with your audience. Yeah, I was going to say that's about one of the highest compliments you can actually get. You know, from a any kind of like email marketing standpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Do you have any um, particular when business owners, you know, when they're trying to do this, do you have any particular tools or tool set that makes it easier to go about some of this stuff, you know, that you um, find, you know, useful? Well, so the, I think that there are, are sort of planning and framework tools to, okay. uh, to discuss. And then there are also technology tools. So, um, I'll, I'll start with planning and framework tools. Um, there's a quote that I love from a great copywriter named Eugene Schwartz who said, copy is not written, copy is assembled. And what he meant by that is that this is not an exercise of, of creative magic where you sit down in front of a, a blank screen and hope for the well to flow, help hope for the magic muse to land on your shoulder and, and you know, make the magic happen. This is a craft where you gather pieces and assemble them. And we've talked about the framework already. If you understand and have outlined, what are the promises I wish to make on a consistent basis? What are the lessons that serve those promises or help you achieve those promises? What, how do I go and find anecdotes that make that work? And then what are the next steps? What, why am I sending this email? For what purpose in my business? What do I want them to do next? If you assemble and gather and organize those pieces, which is more craft than magic art, then you're going to be able to assemble content that's captivating and, and client attractive yeah. on a consistent basis. You still need machinery to get those emails out the door, to track them, to follow up with people. And that's a second part of my business. I have a, a marketing technology division called Implementum. And I'm not going to tell you the specifics of, of 
implementum on this podcast, but what I will say is that you want technology that makes it as easy as possible to segment a list, to automate things like follow-up. So if they mm -hmm. fill out a form, you want to automatically and easily send them a follow-up email immediately, followed by another email, followed by another email to welcome them into the list. You want to be able to share resources and lead magnets. And all of that is based on technology. I ran this email company for 19 years and saw a lot of people using our technology um, to send out bad emails. And so yeah. the focus of my work became, how do I help you create more captivating emails? But you still need good tools and technology. And and uh, that's why we started Implementum to help our clients with that part of the, that side of the equation. Okay. Well, this has been a, a great discussion, Tom. How would people get a hold of you? They want a storytelling expert, you know, to help them figure out their message and be able to really craft it and, and create more engaging content. Sure, sure. So uh storypowermarketing.com, no dashes, all one word. Storypowermarketing.com is the website. And when you visit the website, sign up for those emails. You will see me practicing what I preach. You can also click the resources link where there are a whole bunch of free resources, downloads, trainings, and so forth that, that you can get right there on the website. You also can find me on LinkedIn and uh, I'm happy to connect and email me directly, tom at storypowermarketing.com. Tell me that you heard me on the on the podcast with cash and I would be happy to answer questions or or discuss with you whatever it is you want to discuss about content marketing or marketing in general. Okay. Well, we've been talking about how to craft compelling stories and make your content actually engaging and not so boring because we have plenty of boring content in the uh in this, you know, internet universe as it is. You know, let's see what we can do to make that better. Um my name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Master, CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Agency Power Show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.